Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. Well, right now we have uh, former Ambassador John Bolton. And my God, what's going on in Europe? What's going on with Russia? What's going on with Ukraine? Only he can tell us. And Iran. And Iran. Oh, my God. Uh, Ambassador, can I sleep at night? (laughs) <laughs> well, I tell you, it's uh, it, it's it's definitely getting uh, much more uh, dangerous. I think in Ukraine, uh, uh, for uh, certainly for Russia, which, whose forces are still in retreat, but but for the rest of us, given Putin's threat to use nuclear weapons, you know, we've talked about this over the past several months, and uh, my feeling has been that uh, Putin is is uh, is just bluffing when it comes to nuclear weapons, except at the point when Ukrainians may be about to enter Russian territory and the Russian military is just in complete uh, collapse, fleeing back toward the Russian border. Uh, You know, by supposedly annexing these four Ukrainian provinces, Putin has now put Ukrainians inside Russia by his definition in some of the four provinces. And continued reports today in both the South and the North, uh, indicate continued Russian retreat. So I think the military situation, from all we can tell publicly, uh, is deteriorating for Russia, deteriorating again and deteriorating at a faster rate. So to the extent that Putin feels his domestic political position is now very much in danger, and I think it's in more danger even than the last time we talked, more, more in danger than any point since the invasion, uh, I think uh, it, it follows uh, from my earlier logic that, that we're now closer to him actually doing something with a nuclear weapon. Still not there yet, but I, I think I think our planning really needs to proceed. I understand that's what the Biden administration is doing. I think it's very important to think about this. John, John, this is Pete King. Is there any chance you see that the military or the intelligence people in Russia could ease Putin out? Well, if there's going to be a change of, of government, that's what's going to happen. I think you're exactly right. Uh, you know, there's no there's no civilian constitutional mechanism, really, that can get Putin out. E- even back in communist days, there was a Politburo that could tell Nikita Khrushchev after the Cuban Missile Crisis, for example, it was time to retire. They, they don't have that now. It's just Putin and his friends. That's the government. So if there's going to be... Uh, regime change in Russia in the first instance, in, in the next 60 days, it will come from exactly where you identified. Somebody in the military, somebody in the uh, intelligence or other security services who says, this is a disaster for Russia, and we've got to stop it. That That's where regime change will come. John, talking about a regime change in, in Iran, I, think, I, I guess it was back in 2009, there were those massive demonstrations, and a number of us felt that the Obama administration should have done more. Now, how do you compare that to what's happening today in Iran? Can we get more involved without giving it any way? Uh, where do you see this leading? Well, I think these demonstrations on top of the existing economic dissatisfaction, which is very widespread all across the country, uh, this is the most threatening 
period for the Ayatollahs than at any point since their revolution in 1979. Think about the 2009 demonstrations. They were concentrated in Tehran, one or two other big cities. The people in the streets were the privileged middle class uh, who knew the election had been fraudulently conducted, uh, and they were put down by the besieging militia. Uh, what I'm what I'm hearing, and these reports are anecdotal and scattered, is that there may be signs that the Iranian military, uh, the regular military, is splitting from the Revolutionary Guard. Seeing what's happening, seeing the repression against the demonstrations uh, occasioned by the murder of this uh, young woman, Masi uh, Alina, for violating the guidelines of the morality police. And so I think it's these demonstrations are very significant. They're across the country and they're on top of existing uh, dissatisfaction for other reasons. Well, John, isn't that I all the more reason? a real crisis. Isn't that all the more reason why we should not get involved in going back into a nuclear deal with Iran this time? A hundred percent. I don't see how the Biden administration, I don't see how even the Biden administration at this point can possibly contemplate going back into the nuclear deal. And I think. We have to be open to helping the dissidents in Iran. It does not mean military force. Uh, you know, I think we should help the dissidents in Russia, too. It does not mean military force. It means assisting them with communications, providing some resources, getting getting them the ability to coordinate internally. They're, they're the ones on the scene. Uh, it's their future at stake. They've got the main responsibility. But for us just to sit back and wish them good luck, I just don't think is enough. Uh, Ambassador, uh, the Saudis, the Russians are pushing $100 oil because to, 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 uh, the Russians, it means a billion dollars a day. And there's been reports that the Russians are using the Wagner Group out of, where is it, out of Libya to supply terrorist type soldiers into the Ukraine. Mercenaries, yeah. Mercenaries. Yeah, give us your, your thoughts and have you heard about this? Well, I think, number one, you're you're absolutely right. OPEC's probably about to cut back production to get international oil prices up. This would be a gift for Russia, uh, to be sure. Uh, but I think now Putin is uh, is pulling in mercenaries, troops, uh, uh, guerrillas, whatever he can find, anywhere he can find them uh, to throw into the battle in Ukraine. I think the situation for him is desperate enough that uh, it, terrorism wouldn't bother him in the slightest. He may see that as one of the few things that can work. So I think, for example, the threat of assassination against uh, Zelensky is probably up again. Uh, and I think we can expect to see uh, attacks on uh, Ukrainian civilian assets more and more. That because the, the Russian military on the ground in Ukraine right now uh, seems to be not just in disarray, but growing disarray. Ambassador Bolton, quick question. Elon Musk, this is his first time kind of weighing in on Ukraine. He's suggesting that Ukraine should be neutral in Russia's war. And in an approach to peace, he says that Crimea should be formally part of Russia. And Ukraine's ambassador to Germany weighed in and gave some not so nice comment back to Elon Musk. What do you make uh, of, of Elon Musk even suggesting something like this, Ambassador Bolton? I think he should stick to building Teslas, uh, and I wouldn't <laughs> go to Ukraine anytime soon if I if I were he. Look, uh, I, I think he's I think he may have uh, the best interest of the people of Ukraine at heart, but he has proposed something they will never accept. Ambassador, uh, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we'll have you on again real soon because the American people deserve to know what the heck is going on. 
Well, thank you. Glad to do it. Thank you. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.